everybody, it's Chris from CRT Sports Cards, and thank you for checking out the audio version of our video series. If you want the full experience, please go to YouTube at YouTube slash CRT Sports Cards. Now, let's get to the podcast. Good morning, everyone. May 28th, 2020, and welcome to episode number eight of the Project 2020 show. Before we begin, I want to say thank you to everyone who has hit that subscribe button. We achieved our goal yesterday. We are now over 600 subscribers before this episode started, and I would love to be over 700 by the time we record episode 9 tomorrow. So if you're not subscribed, please hit that button. Now, let's get to Project 2020. So here we are. We all made it through the earth-shattering news yesterday that... that Ken Griffey put up 99,000 and Nolan Ryan put up 65, 66,000. I mean, but look, we all survived. Hopefully you picked up a couple cards that were uh, panic listed uh, and reduced prices yesterday. I know, for example, one was the Taylor Jeter. It somehow dropped to 150 and it was just a snap buy on those about 150. Now it's, I think, back up to 200 bucks. So hopefully you found some, uh, some good deals yesterday. But we just had the announcement for today. We have the Gregory Sif Jeter and the Tony Gwynn Mr. Padre card. I mean, two cards that speak to, I think, the part of the country that the players are at. San Diego and New York. You got the beach scene. You got the club scene. You got everything you need in these two cards. And so just we, we might have wanted a, a relaxing day uh, on the top servers. But again, Jeter Gwynn, it's going to blow up and, and it's just going to be exciting to see. We also have a couple of a couple of hours left on Koufax and Williams. Those numbers are interesting. They're very much in line with the Ryan. We'll talk about that here in a second. And but the big news and the big question is what happened with the Ken Griffey and what happened with the Nolan Ryan. To me, it's very straightforward. But number one, I missed because I didn't listen to the numbers. And I'll break them down here in a second. But the Griffey number, when you look back at the numbers, and you, I should have said, you know what, this is going to be the run. I just didn't believe that number when I saw it. The, the, the Ryan, though, is the true question mark here. And why did that sell 30000 more? But let's get to the numbers. Also, if you're thinking or asking where do all these graphics come from or the numbers, please check out the website, crtsportscards.com. Go to my Project 2020 page, and it has everything there for you. Uh, and you can quickly reference any number that I talk about here on the show. So here are those numbers. And one thing I've been tracking on top of the 24 and 48-hour pre-orders is what does that number represent of the overall print run when it comes to the tops orders overall? And as you can see here on the right, so that small number is the percentage of pre-orders to print run. And for the last eight cards, it's been 2.6%. We've seen that number gradually go down as the print runs have increased, which means more people are buying it on tops versus eBay resellers. I mean, look at Fuji, 4%. That's high right now. So you can see back in you know card 63, there were a ton of people that were buying it on eBay versus the Topps website. And so when you look up at yesterday's numbers, Griffey at 2.39 and Nolan Ryan at 1.25, what does that tell us? Number one, the Griffey print run is correct. 99,000 is correct when you have over 2,300 pre-orders on eBay. His numbers are very much in line with the top eight. Yes, you can argue maybe he underperformed. Maybe he, he outperformed. Maybe he was more about 94, 95,000. But when you see over 2,300 pre-orders, 99,000 should be expected. 
the, the, the big challenge here and what we have to really digest is the Ryan number. There is absolutely no reason Ryan should have had over 35,000 ish. His numbers are very much in line with what we've seen before when it comes to the, the Trout, the Derek Jeter Thiel, all those cards, they're, they're very similar. But why did Ryan all of a sudden sell 30,000 more? And to me, it's very simple. Because of the amount of people moving into this, and they're very, very, very smart. When you look at it, DFS players, you're looking at collectible flippers, you're looking at flippers overall, they were looking for an edge, and that edge was Nolan Ryan. Griffey is a known commodity. Everybody knows who Ken Griffey is. You ask people right now who Nolan Ryan is, people are going to know Nolan Ryan in, in the name itself, but not, not from a collectible perspective. So Nolan Ryan was that edge, and they bought Nolan Ryan heavy. They bought him 10, 20, 30, 50, 60x, thinking that this was going to be on the shorter end of the short print. Unfortunately, when everyone did that, it made the print run what it is, 65,000. But that's all this is. The, the biggest challenge here is that Nolan Ryan was the edge, and that edge was exploited too many times, and now it's the second highest print run. But what does that mean going forward for these next two cards today? So here are the numbers at 11 o'clock last night when it came to Williams and Koufax. No surprise, Naturals, Koufax is leading Ted Williams' old, old man Allen just by a little bit. But what does that mean for these print runs? And I think there's going to be a natural pullback. People are going to be a little bit spooked by this. I mean, you saw the prices yesterday when it came to some of the resale of the live cards, which to me, the live cards are goldmine because they're already out. There's no waiting. Any card behind 160000 feels like an eternity at the moment. But look, on the print runs for these two cards, there's, as I said, there's going to be natural pullback. When you, and if you use the basic math of the Ryan, which is 1.25% pre-orders to... Uh, the, to the overall print run. And if you take away, let's say 10, 15%, you know, do not uh, order or order as much. I know I personally only ordered 20 of each. My pre-orders were a little bit lower than normal. I did put them up later than, than, I, than I usually do, but I only ordered uh, 40 in total versus 60. So let's say, let's say the number drops 10 to 15%. You're looking today on these cards anywhere between 40, 42,000, and maybe as high as 55,000 if everything stays the same. I don't think they touched the Ryan, but I think they are easily the third and fourth cards over the Trout. I think there's there's too many people who bought these ahead of time before these print runs were announced that it's gonna they're not gonna fall under the Trout, but they are going to fall under the Ryan yesterday. So I, I think to me today we're gonna see another forty to fifty five thousand print run. And look, that's a major number, but right now we're forecasting the peak. The valley's coming. The dip is coming, you know, but at the moment we're, we're, we're trying to forecast that peak. And to me right now, it's about 40 to 45,000. But let's take a look at the cards that got released today. There's two more exciting cards for today. So here we are. First card of today is Mr. Padre Tony Gwynn, and this is done by FDOT. I think it's just a fantastic card. Uh, it speaks to FDOT, his style, what he does. And FDOT's had some really, really neat designs. They kind of a little slow to take off with the community overall, but I really, really like this card. Think about San Diego. You think of Tony Gwynn. I mean, this has everything in it. But how did we get here for with FDOT? What is FDOT's history? FDOT's first card was Mark McGuire, the stained glass image, 1987. Then, of course, you had the uh, Willie Mays at 27, Nolan Ryan at 52, and Williams at 74. Uh, Maguire was his first card, obviously number 17, sort of the later run of the first, you know, the first 20 cards in a sense. Uh, 1456, one of the lowest printed cards out there at the moment. 
Willie Mays was 1480. Then you saw a jump with the Ryan. I think the Nolan Ryan Express, you know, that card really spoke to a lot of people. And that's where FDOT sort of picked up some steam. So 4,100, uh, that's now ranked 35th. And then we have Ted Williams now at 74, which was 88.97. So his so his progress from the start uh, was stronger than some. And now, of course, I think we're about to see a big explosion when it comes to FDOT's cards today. But how did we get here with Tony Gwynn? So here's Tony Gwynn's history with Project 2020. Again, his fifth card. This is like a repeating line every day this week. But look, number 16, Old Manalan, a 13.02. Number 24, Grotesque, 14.41. Natural at 40, and then Joshua Vids at 64. Gwyn, unfortunately, unlike his career, he has never been over the average. And this is this is surprising, but I think it speaks to the larger, the fan base here. Unfortunately, Tony Gwynn is not with us, and I just don't think a lot of people have the understand who Tony Gwynn was as a player back in the day. I mean, I barely do, um, and I'm 37. So, you know, I think there, there is something here to the fact that Tony Gwynn uh, it's just not around these days to why his print run has not been uh, as strong. But look, Tony Gwynn's first card, Old Manalan, uh, 1302. The average was 1545. He missed by 16%. His grotesque card, 1441 versus an average then of 1634, missed by 12%. His natural card actually was the closest. Uh, he just beat the average. He did 2319. The average then was 2317. And the key here is 64. This card released with Mike Trout's Fuchi, and he performed 32% under the average. 33.68, the average then was 49.23 of cards 57 uh, and on. So this is where we are with Tony Gwynn. Uh, obviously, we're going to see a big push with Gwynn, with FDOT, with everything going on. But theoretically speaking, if all things were equal, you could expect to see a Gwynn short print here, but it's not going to happen. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this transpires over the next couple of days. So here it is. I don't know if we needed another Jeter this quickly after the Thiel, but here we go and here we have it. This is Gregory Siff's interpretation of Jeter's rookie card. And when you just think of, of New York, you think of the colors, you think of the nightlife. I think this card has it all. This is a, a very, I would say, modern design of this card. I think the colors are fantastic and I'll be excited to see where this card ends up. But how did we get here with Sif? Let's look at his real quick. So Sif's first card was George Brett at 11. And then we had Nolan Ryan at 30, Ripken at 50, and Mattingly at 69. So he's got two Yankees. He's got Nolan Ryan. He's got he's got uh, not not the not the top tier yet, but we have a good selection here of Sif. His cards also have not really taken off in a sense with the collector with the collector base in a sense or the buyers of this product. I mean, his his uh, George Brett was 1227, uh, 79th overall. Ryan was 2215. Ripken was 23.69. He had, you know, his Mattingly was right after the, the, the Jameson Ermsey line. That popped to 7,900 on the dot. So obviously we're going to see another large print run with this Derek Jeter. But let's look at how we got here with Derek Jeter and his progression. So on Jeter's cards, number 29, King Saladin. Then you had Matt Taylor, Grotesque, and Andrew Thiel. Uh, Derek Jeter has either been a massive uh, win here or he missed the average, but the uh, missing the average was because of the time frame of the Jameson Ermsey line. But King Saladin, uh, he beat the average by 479%. I mean, 9,800 copies at that time was a massive number, so nearly 500% over. The Taylor was 300% over the average. 
Now, the grotesque Jeter did miss the average here. The average then was 86.78, but that was only two cards, which was 57 and 58 of the Jameson Ermsey line, and he missed by 25%. But again, the Thiel, he backed that up 158% over the average when he put it up 29.74 over 81.18. So, where does that leave with with Jeter? I mean, we're going to see another massive print run. Like I said earlier, we we maybe needed or wanted a slow day on the servers, but you've got Jeter with this card, with the colors, it's everything you need. We're going to see another massive, massive print run, and I'm very excited to see where the pre-orders land after 24 hours. So in quick summary, when you look at the Griffey, you look at the Ryan, the Griffey was within expectations. It's very simple. When you have 2,300 pre-orders, that's number to expect. The Ryan was because... The people coming in looked for the edge, and Ryan was that edge. It wasn't about the bundles. The bundles are the worst deal possible. You know, it wasn't about someone adding on 10 Ryans or whatever that could be. It was the fact that people saw Ryan as the edge to make money because there's so much money in this product right now that that is what, is what, that is what happened with that card. We will see what happens today. I'm excited to see the numbers here in a couple of hours. But at the end of the day, it's as simple as people were looking for an edge, as I've talked about before, and Ryan was that edge. So thanks guys for tuning in, looking forward to the numbers for today, and I will see you all tomorrow morning.